It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. Sports by the Book is the show. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White alongside. We're happy to be with you as always here on the show at the South Point Studios. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Duty for you today. Yep. Love my Wednesdays here. Punchlines and Sports by the Book. We'll have uh, plenty to get to today uh, on this one. College hoops, another big day on a Wednesday. Danny Burke in his usual Wednesday slot will be talking NBA. How about that? An NBA segment here on the show. We don't see those very often. Well, it'll be our third with Danny, right? And he's done a fantastic job. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Each week he's had great picks for us and our audience. Always good to have Danny on with us uh, as always. All right, let's get into it. Well, a few of these games right out of the gate here in college hoops. Uh, I'll just throw this out there real quick. I don't want to touch on this very long, uh, but I, I did take 13 with the alma mater tonight. I took 13 with Mizzou against Florida. Uh, dangerous game. Mizzou is uh, one of two power five plus ones to not have a conference win so far this year. But we're not talking about winning the game outright in Gainesville. We're just talking about covering 13 points, Alex White. So I'll take the 13 here with the Tigers in this one against Florida. Uh, Mizzou has been very bad against the number for the most part in conference play, but they have covered two out of their last three, though. They covered in Oxford. They covered at home against Tennessee last week. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm going to let you have that one. I didn't I didn't see anything pop in that game. I thought that 13 was just fine with Florida, but I don't mind you grabbing the points with the dog there. But, yeah, I didn't look up any trends or anything to uh to chime in on that one the rest of these games today just throwing this out there uh in, in the sun belt where all i will say is alex one very good team more likely than not is going to be left out in the ncaa tournament when it's all said and done either appalachian state or james madison's not going to go uh, because the, whoever wins that conference tournament is going to go. Neither of those teams' resume, even though Appalachian State has the win over Auburn, even though James Madison has the win at Michigan State to open the year, neither of those teams, more likely than not, are going to get an at-large bid. They're both in action tonight. Uh, App State's 14.5 against Old Dominion at home. James Madison's 8.5 on the road against Georgia State, where Georgia State uh, has been better of late after a really rough go of it early on in conference play after a good start. So uh, those are two games to at least be on the lookout tonight for teams that they make the NCAA tournament. are going to be very dangerous matchups for six seeds, for five seeds, whether they line up on an 11 or a 12 line or even a four. Uh, but again, these teams have to keep winning to at least give themselves a potential backdoor opportunity if they meet in the Sunbelt final. And then whoever loses that game in a close game possibly could still get in. But uh, I, I don't see that happening at this point. Yeah, both those teams very good in the Sun Belt, like you mentioned, and pretty big favorites, but for good reason. I thought those numbers were just right. I maybe look at James Madison there, but they're on the road. Like you said, Georgia State has been playing better. But I agree with you. It's those two. I mean, Troy's pretty close, but really it's, it's between those two, and it'll be uh, disappointing to see one of them get left out. Going to a team you bet last week, and the team I'm betting tonight, I'm a little surprised the market has played it this way. Western Carolina hosting Furman tonight. SoCon. See, we're, now that we get closer to the big dance, we are going to be looking at a lot more, a lot more of these smaller conferences now. Uh, you look at the way 
that uh that this is gone for the catamounts they were one of the better teams in non-con in this socon they've fallen off since getting to conference play struggling a little bit of late they're nine and seven taking on a Furman team that Furman beat them by three in their place earlier in the year now the scene the scene shifts over to uh to the North Carolina side of things here, Alex. I, I think two is good with the Catamounts here at home. I'm a little bit surprised the number has come the way that it has here in this one. Furman coming off a blowout victory over Wofford over the weekend. So Furman four and one straight up in their last five, but just three and two against the spread and not great on the road, just 4-11 straight up and against the spread there as well. So I didn't have anything here, but... I would definitely lean towards the home team here and laying the points. North Texas Tulane. <laughs> one, of your, one of this show's favorites always being brought up here. Tulane, how about this? A total that's in the 130s. Hello, playing North Texas. What that can do to a total here. <laughs> mean Green's two-point favorites on the road in New Orleans tonight, Alex. Uh, I didn't find anything here. But again, uh, this is a North Texas team that really came out blaze of glory Moved to the American, uh, really have cooled down. They're back to 500 in the league. league Tulane, we have talked about uh, being uh, really just not a particularly good team this year, but one that garners attention because of the high totals that they usually have. Two completely different styles here, right, with these two, because we have North Texas, who averages 67 points per game, holding opponents to 61.2. And then on the flip side, Tulane, like you mentioned, those high totals, 83 points per game and um, allowing their opponents to score 80. So we'll see what happens there. I, I am surprised that this total has come down so much. I saw 142 overnight. So the betters obviously think that North Texas is going to have more control here in the pace. Maryland and Northwestern up next, up to six in this one with the Terps at home. Uh, five and a half early here at the South Point. There was some four overnight at some other shops. Uh, it, it is one that's on the move. Now, you're dealing with a Northwestern team that some think is on the bubble. I think Northwestern's safely in at this point on the virtue of their wins against Illinois and Purdue. Yeah, they have that horrible loss against Chicago State. But you look at the rest of their losses, their worst loss is Rutgers on the road, which Rutgers pretty good home team, as we've discussed on the show. Maryland obviously would need to win in Minneapolis in a few weeks in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, I think this line's a little aggressive here, Alex. I, I think this should have probably come Maryland four, like it was on some of the early overnights. Yeah. I thought that was fine. Uh, a little aggressive here on Northwestern. It would be only a take in this one. I completely agree. I didn't even realize that it had moved this far, so I probably will be betting Northwestern plus the points here if I if I can get it in before during our show at some point, but I am Ken Palm's numbers have Maryland very close to Northwestern. And I just don't have that in my numbers. Northwestern three right now in the big 10 conference in the ranking of Maryland 10 um, conference records. Aren't that far apart. Northwestern 10 and six Maryland seven and 10, but still, I just think Northwestern is the better team here. I know they are on the road. I know it's tough to play in Maryland, but Getting six points, I think that is way too many, and um, I would definitely grab those now. Moving along here, by the way, Northwestern would get a would get a bye to the quarterfinals in Minneapolis if the standings hold. It's a little bit of a logjam 
after Purdue and Illinois, and even Illinois is only a game in front of everyone in the log jam. Northwestern 10 and 6, Wisconsin with just a ridiculous loss yesterday at Bloomington, continuing their downslide. Yep. 10 and 7 now in conference, Nebraska 10 and 7. Uh, the Spartans at 9 and 8 before it really gets uh, to mediocrity in the Big Ten. Really, the Big Ten, not particularly good, all things considered, this year. Two really good teams. Northwestern, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Michigan State, all solid tournament teams. After that, not a tournament team in a bunch uh, as you look at the standings on your screen right now. See more, more, a good chunk of the league underwater this year in conference play in the Big Ten. All right. Really just crazy what has happened to Wisconsin, though, in the last oh. few weeks. Last, they have lost six of their last eight games now to bring them down there in the standings. Wisconsin was 8-1 in conference, beating Michigan State handily at home on, a, on the final Friday of January. They went to Nebraska six days later and lost a pretty wild overtime game in a place that is really difficult to win this year. And they've not been the same team since then. It just it, it looked like the Wisconsin team that, quite frankly, I thought we would see this year, which was a highly average team, uh, as opposed to the team we saw over the first 20 games. It was like, whoa, a legitimate top four seed. And they are very wrong on what we thought Wisconsin was going to be going into this season uh, now. Let's go to Providence and Marquette. Uh, this one was very close to being on the list here. Obviously, Marquette uh, still highly rated, a two seed in most bracketologies right now. They're going to get another crack at Connecticut next week. In their home building tonight, they get a shot at Providence. First meeting between these two teams. Providence really took it to Marquette uh, at Amica Bank Arena in uh, in the capital of Rhode Island, winning that game by 15. Obviously, Hopkins was still available at that point. No Hopkins, as has been the case for the majority of the year now. This feels a little, little, little heavy though on Marquette. It would only be a take with the Friars in this spot for me, getting 11 and a half. I don't know if I can fully get there. This one's tough. Um, two teams that have been winning betters money. If you've been betting on them in the Big East, we have Providence eight and three against the spread on the road this year, sixteen and ten throughout the season, and then Marquette sixteen and eleven and ten and four at home. Both of them are four and one against the number in their last five games. So I didn't know what to do with this one, Jeff. But eleven and a half does feel a little bit high. Um, I. If it was under that 10, it would be, I would lay it with Marquette. But if we got to, uh, I don't know, 12 and a half, 13, I would definitely take it with Providence. So it's right in that no man's land for me. All right. Do you want to talk about DePaul now? <laughs> you want to do it? It'd be quick. They're 19 and a half point dogs tonight in Cincinnati. Paul should have won on Saturday against Georgetown. Had a really good look at the end. And whoever it was, uh, almost airballed a layup at the end of the was short on a, on a on a footer and a half. Uh, I, again, it's a, we we've talked about DePaul. They are awful by every metric. Uh, they are 308th in Ken Palm, which for any Power Five plus one, they're far and away the worst of everyone in in those six conferences. Zero uh, and sixteen in Big East play. Xavier, this this can only well Xavier's under five hundred now overall. So Xavier's going to have to win at Madison Square Garden in two weeks in order to even get to the NCAA tournament. But this is the classic one. Do you really want to take the ball on the road where they've already shown that they're very willing to give up when getting down early? And do you really want to weigh almost 20 with Xavier against anyone? It's really, 
the age-old question that everyone's thinking about, Alex White. Well, do you think they could have a bounce-back spot like uh, the Detroit Pistons after no. what happened with them, and then I do not, they I do beat not the Chicago that. Bulls yesterday? No, okay. I do not. No, I, I think that's a, I think that had more to do with the Bulls more so than anything uh, yesterday uh, with that win, which Anne, by the way, had yesterday. Yes, Very she nice did. On, on the Detroit Pistons last night after uh, they should have been two in a row after Dante DiVincenzo got away with tackling Hajor Thompson uh, leading to a game-winning bucket for the Knicks. All right, I want to hit one more before we get to Danny. Uh, up to seven and a half now with Auburn and Tennessee. Jalen Williams is warming up right now. Uh, the expectation based off that market move is that he was not going to play for a second consecutive game. Auburn still high in Ken Palm. They beat uh, Georgia on Saturday by 21. Game got tight for a little bit, and then they ran him out the last seven or eight minutes or so. Oh, Alex, this is just a tough one because if Williams is in, this is an auto take on Auburn, even if he's not at 100%. Uh, but if he's out, then this is very hard to justify taking even – we're through three possessions here. I know it's on the road, difficult place to play in Knoxville, but boy, that is pretty enticing even without Williams potentially for Auburn. I completely agree, and I was looking at his uh, status as well, saw he was day-to-day, so it's good to know that Williams is warming up. That actually um, definitely leans to a take here with Auburn. Two really good teams. This is the game of the night, right? We'll see um, what both of these teams are made of and where they really fall in the ranking and in the SEC. It's an important game for both of them. Auburn's been good on the road, just like um, they have at home or neutral sites, eight and five straight up and against the spread. Um, But then we've got this Tennessee team that does what they do, and they are very good defensively. So should be a great matchup here between these two. I didn't do anything yet, but Williams is playing. It would be a take for me with the points. We'll uh we'll get uh, Duke and Louisville in a little bit. We're going to take a quick break, though. Danny Burke standing by. We'll take a quick little detour uh, to the NBA when we get back. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. The friendly ticket writers are happy to help, and it's conveniently located next to the famous Del Mar Deli, where you'll find supersized portions of delicious deli items like roast beef, pastrami, and Reuben sandwiches, or soups, salads, and pizza plus spectacular desserts fit for a king. And right next door is the race book, 
over 150 seats, each with its own TV screen. There are 16 interactive player terminals, so you can bet right from your seat. Welcome back in. Sports by the Book is the show. South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White alongside. And now joining us in his usual Wednesday slot, Danny Burke, sports betting analyst, Burke's Beat, the podcast and the website as well. Danny, I, I you know, I got to bring this up first because I figured there was someone out there last night who lost on both half-court heaves. The one by Nevada by Lucas to give the Wolfpack a big-time win and probably if done properly, send the Rams of Colorado State to the bubble, at least at this point, and someone who had Dallas, the Mavericks, losing on Scruce's 65-footer, the second longest buzzer beater buzzer beater to win an NBA game ever since, uh, I think it was 1995, I think is what it was. Uh, only Devontae Graham did it a few years ago, which one was longer, which I totally forgot about. Danny, you managed to split those, which I would actually argue is more impressive than either winning or losing both. <laughs> I think it might be more impressive too. I mean, again, I tweeted about it and I really don't think I'll ever endure something like that in a single <laughs> night or an entire day, maybe even a week of gambling, probably even further than that. We could keep going and going, but it, it was miraculous. Yeah, I, I live bet the Cleveland Cavaliers and the reason that I was even interested in that game in the first place against the Mavericks was because I had a prop on Jared Allen over his rebounds. We didn't get there. I was sweating out a couple other props that luckily came through. Allen was the one that didn't. So I'm sitting there watching this game. He needed a couple more, hoping for overtime. And meanwhile, before even getting into that game, I also went into it with the thought process. All right, I like Cleveland. I didn't want to lay their pre-flop number. I'll wait for a live betting opportunity. They go down like double digits with like three and a half minutes to go. And I saw they were like plus 410 and I tried to get it in. I couldn't get it. And I was like, you know what? It's probably for the best. Cleveland's been in these situations where they've blown these games and haven't been able to close out. They narrow it down to maybe four or six or something like that. And long story short, I ended up getting plus 140. So once the Mavs got the ball back, I figured the night Luka was having, my bet was probably screwed. And then they got the lead. And then the heroic shot by Max Drews, and I'm going nuts. And everyone's wondering what I'm yelled about from this obscure NBA game. And it was phenomenal, right? But then later, like you said, the Colorado State game, thinking nobody is watching this game, right? Except for the true diehard college basketball fans or sports bettors. And Colorado State was a side that I saw other people liked who I respected. I saw they were trailing and thought, you know what? I'll jump in on them too toward the end of the game. And I turned it off when they were down, down like what, six or seven with like 90 seconds to go. And I was like, hey, I'll check again. And I check and I see they're down three or two or whatever it was. Turn the game back on. They tie it. And I'm like, awesome. This is great. We're going to get extra basketball. I can get another, you know, something like that. And then I thought about it because I texted my buddy who also live bet it. And right after I sent it, like, holy crap, Colorado State. I was like, I'm going to jinx this, aren't I? <laughs> and then it's two seconds, throws it in. Before he's taking it at half court, I was like, okay, that was pretty well defended. It's up in the air, up in the air. He nails it. And I'm just like, my my jaw just drops. And I couldn't even be mad because, again, I won <laughs> on the half court heave earlier. I lost. Give it and take it. You know, all of that. I get it. It, it could have been a lot worse, like you tweeted, if you were on the wrong sides of both. But luckily, I was able to split it. Insane night, to say the least. Look, Danny, you would have appreciated 
appreciated the mention because, uh, of course, Malort is a Chicago delicacy that might legitimately right. be the worst <laughs> alcoholic beverage on the on the planet at this point. You're, mm-hmm. you're confirming that as well. Yes, yeah, I yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's horrendous, but. It would have been worth. It would have been worth taking a shot at that if you had lost both uh, yes. Dallas and Colorado <laughs> State last night. Well, speaking of the Cavs here, Danny, the Cavs are in your town tonight, taking on the Bulls, who are coming off just a, an absolutely gross performance yesterday with a loss to the eight previous eight win Pistons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a player prop in this game that you're looking at, uh, and also if you have any thoughts on this game, on top of that player mm-hmm. prop, uh, Cleveland. Five and a half or six right now, uh, 216 and a half the total. Yeah, I'll start with the official play I got, guys. Isaac Okoro over six and a half points minus a buck 25. A little bit of an obscure player prop, but sometimes you got to dig a little deeper to find some value. And that's what I believe we have here with Okoro. So him and the Cavs have seen the Bulls three times already this season. And him against Chicago, he's gone over this player prop point mark of six and a half in all three. He had 16, 12, and seven respectively. He's also gone over this mark in 34 out of 40 games this year hitting at a clip of 71 percent why does he thrive specifically against Chicago well if you look at cleaningtheglass.com, Chicago is a defense that is surrendering the most shot attempts from beyond the arc this year they're dead last in the NBA and specifically where they're really struggling when they're allowing their opponents to shoot from deep is in the corner three range and Isaac Okoro takes the second most shot attempts from the corner three mark among the Cleveland Cavaliers 24% of his three-point shots come specifically from the corner heck if you watch their game last night the Bulls against the Pistons that's where they were getting destroyed at and overall he's taken a lot of his shots from beyond the arc too he's hitting about 40 percent of his three-point attempts in general then a majority though of his combined shots do come at the rim the Bulls are about mediocre defending shots within four feet from the bucket so all in all this is set up nicely in the past for Okoro and it's going to continue to do so I believe plus among all the NBA contenders he's seen this year, no other team is he taking more shot attempts against than the Chicago Bulls. 10.7 in those three games he's seen them. So for whatever reasons, maybe because of those liabilities defensively that Chicago presents, maybe he just feels comfortable in these situations. He's taking more shots in against any other team and doing so successfully enough to get over this prop mark of six and a half. So I'm banking on him doing that once again for a Coro over six and a half points. And then Jeff, you also mentioned the full game. This one's in a unique spot, right? Because as you mentioned, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they won on the heroic half-court shot by Max Struess. Conversely, the Bulls had one of the worst performances in the entirety of this NBA season. One of the worst performances shooting the three ball. They went two of 29 from deep. Now, you could argue that, all right, they're going to be ticked off. They haven't beat Cleveland this year. They just lost to one of the worst teams in the NBA. Yeah, that would apply to most teams, but the Bulls aren't most teams. They're an underachieving, infuriating, banged-up squad, whereas Cleveland needs to take advantage of these spots against inferior opponents. I don't think they're going to be caught in one of those spots where they're riding the emotional high and come down. I think they'll be able to handle them here, and I would definitely gravitate toward laying five in the hook uh, with Cleveland. If you don't feel too comfortable, either wait for a better number, or you could even opt in to kind of an opportunity of doing a money line parlay with them and the Nuggets, which we can get into later, but that comes out to a little bit more than even money. But I think something like that would be a viable way to approach this matchup. Glad you brought that up, Danny. We were actually discussing this game in the first show on Punchlines. We were thinking that Chicago might be a good bet here because of that big win 
over the Mavs, but now we know we're going to stay away from that one or look at the Cleveland side and money line. But let's look at another game. First one on the board, the Pelicans back-to-back games on the road, took care of business yesterday in New York. No Brunson in that one for the Knicks. But now tonight they're going to Indianapolis, take on the Pacers. That line has moved a little bit. The Pacers are now seven-point favorites, total 238. Do you have any leans or anything you're looking at in this one? Yeah, this one's a little peculiar, and I get why the Pacers are getting a little bit of love in the sense that the Pelicans injury report is still up for debate with some of those top guys, McCollum, Zion Williamson, and Brandon Ingram. But if they're going to all be healthy, I would look toward taking the points with the Pelicans. Now, I get it. They're on the second leg of a back-to-back. They just beat the Knicks pretty handily at Madison Square Garden last night. But again, keyword, pretty handily, or keywords, uh, because they didn't really have to stress these players too much. So it's It's not as deep as normal back-to-backs where all these guys are getting exhausted so late. And you're going up against this Pacers team that is just horrible defensively. They're 27th in defensive points per 100 possessions allowed, 24th in terms of defensive effective field goal percentage. And then you look at the Pelicans, both offensively and defensively, they're above average in those specific categories on both sides of the ball. So the fact that you're getting seven points here, even though it's on maybe a strenuous spot here for the Pelicans, I think they can handle it, but I've stayed away because of the uncertainty with that injury report. Report. If you do want to look at an angle that you could probably bank on now, I threw a little bit of money here on Brandon Ingram over 21 and a half points. I wouldn't bet it over that, but the reason that I like B.I. here is because he is taking the most shot attempts from mid-range among everybody on the Pelicans. Over 57% of his shots come from there, and he's knocking down 48% of them. So he's incredibly effective from mid-range. Uh, the Pacers really bad, like I said, defensively, but specifically from the mid-range region. So I think if somebody can step up, if you're on the New Orleans Pelicans, yes, Zion's an easy answer, but his props are a lot higher, and I don't really trust him on the second leg of a back-to-back. I think Brandon Ingram could fit the bill for someone that you could trust scoring a lot of points in this matchup. Danny Burke with us right now, as usual, Wednesday slot, Burke's Beat, where you can find a podcast and all the picks online in written form as well. Let's go to the Mile High City here, Nuggets taking on the Kings. Uh, Again, Denver just kind of hanging around, hanging around. Not their best season, but only two games back of both Oklahoma City and Minnesota for the number one seed. Kings enter tonight as the seven seed, a half game behind Phoenix for the six seed. Seven and a half, Nuggets favorite at home, 232 to total here, DB. Yeah, so I briefly mentioned this. I don't like laying the high number of seven and a half, really in any situation, but especially one where the Nuggets, like you said, kind of Jeffers, you're alluding to, not as strong as a team as we've been accustomed to. And the Kings have had their number this year. They've beaten them all three meetings during this season so far. But that's what makes them attractive simultaneously. Not attractive enough, in my mind, to want to lay seven. So that's why I think if you look at their money line price to win outright, they're certainly one of the better home teams in the NBA. You'd pair it with a squad like Cleveland. I don't mind the idea of that or, again, implementing the in-game strategy. But, yeah, the Kings have beaten them three times. But the Nuggets coming off a nice win against the Warriors. They've had two days of rest. 
And the Kings, man, the Kings are coming off one of the worst losses they have endured this year. The other night at home against Miami, where Hawk has just looked like the next Michael Jordan against them. It was unbelievable. They were missing Jimmy Butler, Jovic, Rozier, and Tyler Hero. And somehow the Kings completely imploded. This team is insanely volatile, and it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I guess you could attribute it to their lack of defense or 21st in defensive points for 100 possessions allowed 25th in defensive effective field goal percentage so sure but still it's inexcusable against a banged up team like miami denver having lost three games to them having a couple days off being at home will be ready for this one and statistically they should match up a lot better than we've seen in the past and i think they're going to enact their revenge tonight so denver should be the right side in this game at least in terms of an outright win but I'm just pursuing other opportunities, whether it's pairing it with another team or waiting for a shortened price. Because realistically, this Kings offense is incredibly dynamic and deep, so they should be able to keep up. So we'll probably get a better number on Denver. But I do think they find a way to get the dub. Let's keep it in the West Coast, actually in Los Angeles. Big game, Lakers, Clippers. I feel like the narrative has been it's been all Clippers as of recent. They are 8-2 and two in the last yeah. 10 but the most recent four games, they split them two and two. Clippers seem like the better team this year. No Paul George tonight. Clippers lane three, that total 234 and a half. What are you thinking about this game? Yeah, that's the big thing right there, Alex. No Paul George. And Paul George has been the second most efficient player in terms of efficiency differential on the Los Angeles Clippers. He also ranks second in terms of expected wins. When he's on the court, how many wins is he going to contribute to this team? He ranks second highest in that regard. So missing Paul George, both ends of the ball, is going to hurt this team. There's no denying that, and that's an obvious statement, but when you really look into the nitty-gritty, you could see just how much depth he actually provides to this team. And the Lakers have had a lot of success against the Clippers. They've won two out of three matchups, and the one that they lost, LeBron James wasn't involved in that game. So assuming that the Lakers are going to be relatively healthy for once in a blue moon, it doesn't happen that often, I think catching the points here with the Lakers is the right side to take. Now, I've been waiting to see where the market was going to move. And three and a half is for a majority of the day where it was listed. But now we've seen that late movement show some love for the Lakers. I still think it's worth a play at plus three. And this is probably a side that I'll end up on. Maybe throw like three quarters of a unit on it or something like that. Because while I do like the Lakers in the spot, they also fall into the category being a very, very frustrating team that will play down to their competition are just not as good as they should. And it's not that the Clippers are inferior opponents. We know they're one of the better teams. But in this banged-up scenario, in a Lakers team that should match up well against them, you would think that they could perform well, but it wouldn't shock me if they fell short. So again, what I'm getting to is that this is why I'm not going a full unit play on it, just probably going about three quarters worth. But I do think the Lakers keep this one close and have a great chance to win it outright because of that absence of Paul George. He's Danny Burke. Again, get his great work as always. Burksbeat.com. Burksbeat Podcast. Danny Burke 5 on Twitter as well. DB, it's always a pleasure, man. Thanks for hopping on with us today. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Best of luck with your plays tonight. Absolutely. Danny Burke, everyone. All right, we'll take a quick break and we get back. A little more college hoops. I think Vinny's going to uh, make his first appearance of the week here on the show as well. Uh, plenty to get to. Sports by the book, South Point Studio. 
from the South Point studio. <laughs> the perfect blend of sports. But I think the Niners are going to wear them down. Detroit Pistons lost their 36 games. Comedy. See the over-under on that relationship lasting. I'm going to put mayo in the coffee. Yeah. I am beautiful. And a whole lot of Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. 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 Yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Join Ryan McCormick. That's at least two picks outside of our own in the first round next year. Oreo. And host Frank Nicotero. <laughs> <laughs> so I look at the clock, I go, ah! Ah! Oh! Watch Punchlines live at noon every weekday. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. Welcome back in Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. Alex White's alongside. I'm Jeff Parles. Let's go to Duke and Louisville. This one starts at the top of the hour. Kyle Felpowski's going to play. All right. Well, that whole thing was nonsense from over the weekend now. Uh, against uh, the third worst. Well, you know what? I know Mizzou's winless in conference play. The second worst team still in the Power 5 plus one is Louisville. It's 20 tonight. I don't know, Alex. I, I mean, I'm not really interested in taking points with Louisville on the road, <laughs> even though we're getting a whole bucket full of them here. Uh, the only question would be, would you look at possibly banging this game over that 151 and a half? That would be the only thing I would potentially look at here on that front. Total's been bet down uh, from some shops in the overnight. Hasn't moved here at the South Point all day at that 151 and a half. Yeah, I was looking at the over at first, but I just... It's going to be such a good bounce back spot here for Duke coming off that loss to Wake Forest. So it kind of threw me off. I don't know if they're going to allow Louisville to score too much in this one to help us get over that 151 and a half. So I just stayed away from this one, but I wish it wasn't such a big number to have to lay here. Because like I said, I really expect this to be a great bounce back spot for the Blue Devils. Duke, again, 20-point favorites tonight at home after the loss to Wake Forest. Wake Forest flipped around and lost to Notre Dame last night. So, uh, really taking advantage of the big win and giving it right back with an absolutely horrible loss last night in South Bend, the Demon Deacons did. Uh, just bringing this up as well, again, some smaller conferences are going to get some some play here over the next few days. Uh, Indiana State, leaders of the Missouri Valley, 10.5 tonight against Evansville. Uh, last uh 
we've seen some weirdness with Evansville in conference play this year. Um, they're over 500 overall. They're 6-12 and 12 in conference play. They should have beat Drake a few weeks ago, lost on a half-court heave by a bucket in that one against the Bulldogs. I, this is one of those where I don't know if I... I don't know if I can fully get there on the Purple Aces getting the 10 and a half at home, but it does feel like this is one of those spots where Indiana State really has played well the last two games after their after their loss. Their two losses back-to-back to Illinois State and Southern Illinois. Last road game of the year, maybe focus a little bit not as good with Murray State at home finishing the season, regular season for the Sycamores. I, I would only lean to taking it with the Purple Aces here, Alex. I think that number is just right. Ten and a half here. So no play for me. I would look to the over a little bit because Indiana State, they do trend a little bit to the over 16 and 12 on the season. But on the flip side, Evansville, if you think they are going to hang in this one, trend more to the under 17 and 11 to the under. So nothing for me in this one. Western Kentucky will take on Louisiana Tech tonight. I'm just bringing this up because I bet this at Western Kentucky getting two last night. Now it's flipped to as high as Western Kentucky laying two. It's now back to one. A little perplexed by the original number. That's why I took the two immediately in this game. I I thought Western Kentucky should have came two-point favorites. So very weird one. You see this every once in a while, but I think this was, especially this deep in the season, it's very odd to see a number flip four points like this, especially favorite flipping as well. Yeah, especially at this point in the season, like you mentioned, we see it very early on with college basketball, but not this late into February usually. So you got a great number there. How about Oklahoma on the road in Ames tonight? They got Iowa State. Uh, Kansas went down last night at home to BYU, which was a horrible result for myself. Great result for Ann, too. I should have just listened to Ann yesterday, all over the two big dogs. Uh, <laughs> they both won. She does her best Doesn't work. matter yeah. if it's secretive or not. Ann was two and zero on two big dogs last night. Uh, Iowa State's nine and a half against Oklahoma. One thirty-seven is the total. We've talked about home court advantage. Iowa State has not lost at home this year. They have been as good of a home team as there is in the entire country. I, I just this is the tricky number because Iowa State really did not play well. Didn't come close to covering against West Virginia on Saturday. I don't think no. Oklahoma's really that good, even though they're probably going to the NCAA tournament with relative ease. Oh, this is this is a difficult one. And also, Oklahoma just had needed overtime to beat their biggest rival, Oklahoma State. I, a whole lot of weird things going on with this handicap for me, so that's why I stayed away, Alex. I do think this number is tricky for the full game, Jeff. That's why I looked at the first half. It's a bigger number. You have to lay five and a half, six at some books. But I like the Cyclones here in the first half. They are top five teams in the first half fifth in first half margin plus um 9.7 and then they're fourth in points allowed holding teams to 27.9 and 25.4 at home here it's a tough place to play like you mentioned i think this team will be ready otzelberger always has his team ready this season i also kind of lean to the under with these two have to bring up that oklahoma did win the first time between these two, so we've got revenge with Iowa State as well, but both of these teams trending to the under, 5-2 and two to the under in their last seven games. So, I like Iowa State first half, minus 5.5, and, and a lean to the under for me. Central Florida, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, 2.5-point favorites at home. Haven't said that much this year. 
uh, Central Florida, I think as we've talked about them, they're better than their record shows. I really do believe that. Uh, two games over 500. They've been pretty competitive, all things considered, taking a pretty massive leap into the Big 12. Oklahoma State, better at home, still not particularly good. They did have that big win against Cincinnati last week on the road. Probably should have been three straight right now. Probably, they were the better team for the majority of that game against Oklahoma. Uh, are you interested in laying two or now two and a half? It should be uh, behind us here with the pokes in this one. No, I would only take the points here with the with the dog. I think you're kind of buying um, or selling high in Oklahoma State because they have been playing better as of late. They're four and one against the spread in their last five games. But overall this year, they're just five and eight against the number at home. So I'd look at UCF here. I do think they're the better team in this one, and you're getting points even though it is on the road, and it is a tough place to play, but I like Central Florida. All right, let's take a quick break. and we get back, well, more games to get to. Vinny Maliulo also will hop on set as well. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. We have 11 amazing restaurants featuring a wide variety for every price range and appetite. South Point's Garden Buffet has something for everyone at unbeatable prices. Or if hunger strikes in the middle of the night, join us at Coronado Cafe. The American menu offers breakfast, lunch, or dinner 24 hours a day, plus a Chinese kitchen for authentic Chinese dishes from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. From steak and eggs to wonton soup, it's fast and friendly service 24-7. When you need a quick pick-me-up, you can find it at our state-of-the-art Starbucks just inside the main South Point entrance. Order ahead with the Starbucks app for easy mobile order pickups. Or enjoy your favorites in the relaxing dining area anytime, day or night. If you love Mexican food, Baja Miguel's has all of your south of the border favorites. There are dozens of classics to choose from, like fajitas, ceviche, chimichangas, tacos, and more. And for spirit lovers, Baja's colorful non-smoking tequila bar is right outside. Or maybe you're in the mood for seafood. Big Sur Oyster Bar has fresh seafood prepared right before your eyes. Savor freshly shucked oysters, crab legs jambalaya, shrimp and lobster, beers on tap, and a selection of fine wines are perfect to pair with your seafood favorite. Whether lunch or dinner, you'll love this fun atmosphere located just off the casino floor. Ready to shake things up? Step back in time and treat yourself to one of the oldest restaurant chains in the country. Steak and Shake, famous for original mouth-watering steak burgers and hand-dipped milkshakes in a variety of flavors. For some old-fashioned fun, try Steak and Shake. Welcome back in Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White, it's good to see you, Vinny. Good to be seen. We've, we've, we, we, we've missed you the last three days here on the show. Oh, I've been on assignment. Oh, I know. I know. It's called a honeydew list. <laughs> well, we assignment. miss you. We miss Chris uh, Andrews. Chris who, is on uh, vacation. Who will He'll be, be back. back soon from his vacation yeah. mm -hmm. to uh, right uh, to Montana. Uh, it's always good to uh, yeah. always good to, to get away for. Well, usually you've said this in the past. Yeah. Usually the day after the the week after the Super Bowl was the old bookmakers vacation. We'll see on March. We'll see on March twelfth. March. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see on March twelfth. Now it's different because. No. Of all these conference tournaments, 
Some even begin on Monday next week. Much more look-ahead uh, type operations now, and, and rightfully so. Look, the, the business has grown, and the reason one of one of the reasons it's grown is because of an increased betting menu and an expanded betting menu. I mean, we didn't really book college basketball until after the Super Bowl, uh, you know, forty years ago. So, um, and nobody really, nobody. What it, it was just part of the. It was just the practice. But now in in these days where you're in look-ahead mode much more, um, there's a lot more sports to book uh, as well uh, or, or an expanded menu of the even the exi existing sports. You know, look at there's a, the full uh, schedule of exhibition baseball games now because it's during the day and people want to see it. It's something it's – a, it's a nice filler for this time of year. So um, the fact that uh, – uh, you know, the, the folks have asked for it. Expanded television coverage, as I mentioned, uh, contributed to it as well. And honestly, you, you know, that's, that's what's really helped grow grow the, in, in the industry. And it gives us an opportunity, frankly, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to start studying college basketball, uh, you know, uh, like in February, March? No, you gotta, you got you to gotta be on it all year now, especially being that it starts so early. Yeah. And especially now, um, so wide open. Yes. So we've, and we've said really that for, be, for years now, and, yeah. we, and we've seen it. You know, we've seen, you know, 16 seeds prevail. We've seen 15 seeds prevail. We've seen, uh, you know, Cinderella's uh, go, to, go to the final four, right? So um, now, gosh, you know, the, one of the biggest challenges is to, to with the transfer portal. And we, we talk about it a lot in, in college football, but it's even uh, amplified in, in college basketball. And you've got, you know, programs that – really benefit from it you've got some that uh, uh that that really took took a beating uh, because of it and then you know you have a couple that are just kind of cruising from what they what they had last year florida atlantic is uh, is an example so um but they're not sneaking up on anybody either so you know i was listening to you also you know another thing to pay attention to this time of year in a, in a previous segment you were talking about oklahoma state but they're playing better uh this time of year this is the kind of, you know time of year where you got to watch somebody coming out of uh, out of the shadows, so to speak, and uh, and making a run and and becoming a dangerous uh, team. Uh, you know, come come conference tournament time. These are de desperate teams, right? Let's face it. The only way Oklahoma State's going to get to the to the uh, NCAA tournament is to is to win win uh, the Big Twelve tournament, and uh, they're not going to be an e as easy and out now as they were, let's say, a month and a half, two months ago. So. Um, you know, it was a kind of a heartbreaking loss that they incurred in overtime to Oklahoma the other day on a ridic ridiculous. They hit a shot right, right. It looked like it was going to be the game winner, and then uh, you know, the, uh, Oklahoma hits a, a, a crazy three pointer just to uh, uh, to win the game at the buzzer. It's pretty incredible. It's getting crazy already. Did yeah. you see the Colorado State Nevada? Colorado, Colorado State, State Nevada. How about Kentucky last night? Shepard uh, well, all that, of a sudden oh became both his parents at once. Well, that the Kentucky game was was I mean the last ninety seconds yeah. of regulation. Yeah. Of course, it did. that doesn't even mention Kentucky's monster comeback in that game. They're yeah. totally dominated. Yeah, they were down double minutes. digits and uh, uh, with five minutes to go, so less than six minutes to go. Yeah, and that, then yeah. just a big run, get the lead, then choke the lead away, and then Shepard bails them out. Of yeah. We've been talking about Kentucky a lot because there's so much talent there, right? And you're just wondering, is it going to be a defensive effort? Is it going to be uh, an offensive uh, juggernaut? And are they going to put both together? Which, 
you know what? Against Alabama, they did really when they played, you know, good defense when when they needed to. When you look at three of their recent wins, right? They beat Auburn convincingly at Auburn. Great defense in that game, by the way. Um, look at the game they played against Alabama, and of course going to Starkville the other day and winning that game, uh, or last night and and winning it the way they did. Um, look, you know the Cats when they put things together, they're going to be they're going to be difficult. Now, the fact that their defense is, you know, I mean, near the bottom of uh, of the rankings, and uh, look, but still, if you can score ninety points a game, right. you should be uh, you should be able to uh, prevail or at least have a shot at it. So, going to tonight, yeah. uh, one one game in the Pac-12, it's gotten a little bit of steam on the home side. Colorado's up to thirteen and a half against Cal. Uh, Cal with uh, with with a nice win against Oregon, coming from behind on Saturday to really just we really just end any potential hope of an Oregon at large bid for the NCAA tournament. I'm gonna yeah. have to win here in Las Vegas if the Ducks are gonna get there. I'm a little surprised this number has jumped. As aggressively as it had, I thought the 11, 11 and a half was pretty good. 13 and a half feels a little bit, a little bit aggressive here now uh, with Colorado laying it. Yeah, when you've got uh, you know almost a four point move on on the game, right? You're you're sitting there going, well, would it? But again, I, I some some of these two are plays against as much as they are plays on, right? They're they're bets against uh, uh, certain teams uh, as much as they are playing on teams. Uh, but again, you want to look at. Now that this is the second time, right, that these teams have met in a, in a lot of these games, right? Mm-hmm. So there's Cal one by yeah, four in the first yeah. Meeting. These are these are there's a lot of payback scenarios in conference play. Uh, certainly, look at current form. What what happened in the last game? And I I think you know, and I'm sure you probably already talked about the Duke game, right? But that that's an example of mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Just to 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 make the point, you saw what Wake Forest did in in in, in upsetting Duke. I always say. Pay attention. If they're going to make that run, it's got to. It got to. That has to be the the game that jump starts it. Right. And it didn't. I mean, look, they they go into South Bend last night and and get beat. Not to, not to take anything away from from Notre Dame, but there are teams that you, you, you've got to. It, who is sustaining, you know, good form? And 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 again, that's that's something that uh, you want to put in, into your handicap. And is why certainly. Uh, I know I put it into uh, into numbers. That's for sure. Just to add, really quick, Jeff, yeah. these two in the Pac-12: Colorado nine and seven, and California nine and eight. So these two yeah. are really fighting for that four seed right now. In playing for seeding, Alex, and good point. Yeah. And there's another one in there too, as well, right there. Uh, with Colorado them. is still playing for NCAA tournament related yes. things. I, I I would imagine more so than anything. Yeah, you playing a revenge angle. Normally, it's that second game in that Boulder Salt Lake City back-to-back for the non-elevation mm-hmm. teams that gives them a problem more so than the first one. Uh, but I don't know. I think Colorado team is pretty average, all things considered. But, hey, they went out to get to 22-9, and nine, get to the Pac-12 championship game, lose a close game to Arizona, to probably getting in. Well, the conference is down overall, right? Let's yeah, face well, it. well, there's I mean, only two teams you know, that are in right now. That It's the exact opposite of the football conference. We thought that the, the football conference was going to have a down year, and they were one of the, they were one of the best conference, ever. <laughs> uh, conferences in the country last year. But, yeah. um, you know, look, these, these teams, and again, as inconsistent as they are, you have to assume and believe that Arizona is in, but for the most part, everybody else is they're fighting for their lives, except Washington State, too. Yeah. I should I, I, I have to add them, uh, especially since they beat 
uh, Arizona uh, twice this year. Twice. Yeah, exactly. Twelve so, them, yep. um, you know, I think, but the, the conference is really, everybody else is, is fighting for their, for their postseason lives right now. And I think that's going to continue right through the, uh, the Pac-12 tournament here in Las Vegas. St. John's and Butler real quick. Butler pick now. Mm-hmm. We're favored by a point and a half. Yeah. <clears throat> again, St. John's finally getting off the Schneid a win again, a big one at that against Creighton mm-hmm. at the Garden on Sunday. Now, St. John's is still probably in a scenario because you have Butler and then you play the dregs of the conference to Paul and Georgetown to end your season. St. John's probably didn't get to the Big East final and you're probably in scenario at this point. I think they Anything need short to. Short of that probably yeah, is not good enough. I agree with you. I think they need to at least get to. At the very least, the semis. But uh, for, for if they get to the finals, that should uh, that should bode well for them. But that's again another conference outside of Connecticut and and probably Creighton and Marquette. Uh, but again, we saw Creighton. You know, look at they they had the great win against uh, Connecticut, and then you know St. John's goes in and and does what they do. So who is sustaining it? The Johnnies have responded ever since Rick Pitino went. You know, uh, went Rick Pitino. Uh, <laughs> You know, a week and a half ago. But uh, I have to tell you, that was that was as uh, scathing a uh, Patino now I, as I've that I as I've seen. It was, it was jarring in this day and age. You know, but, and exactly. From, from, but the teams you know, responded to now it. Won you two know? straight. They and beat so, Georgetown, beat Creighton. Look, they responded yeah. to uh, you know his uh, you know he went public with with you know his apology, and I'm sure there was a lot more. Uh, in the locker room that they squared away and credit the, the team and him for, for getting it squared away. But uh, um, yeah, this one here, it is uh, they, they're bet the Johnny's here. They're life and death every game, right? I mean, they're, 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 they they're play some pretty games, close yeah. games. So, and that bodes well for teams, I think too, as you're heading into March. Well, it should have been a season sweep of Creighton in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. A foul that I'm not so certain was actually a foul. Good, good a point. Free, Creighton two free throws late. They won the game by a point. Uh, back in January, and that was kind of the game that started the downslide for St. Yeah. John's. They were 4-1 a conference, mm-hmm. and until these two two straight wins, they were 6-9 and nine in the yep. Big East. Uh, South Carolina A&M I want to bring up as well, because South Carolina has been one of the bigger surprises in the country this year. They have. Now they go to A&M, who's, to me, on the wrong side of the bubble entering the day. They got smacked by Tennessee over the weekend. Uh, from 4.5 to 5.5 here on this one, Vinny. Um, and it's... Uh... For in favor of A and M, they laid A and M. A and M's a different team at home. Uh, they're a much better team, a much more uh, emotionally charged team at home. Uh, Buzz Peterson's uh, group, they they just they seem to respond to that environment. It's a pretty good environment too, I have to say. Um, and uh, but I think that's got a lot of support uh, for the by, by the betters there. And South Carolina, since they really made a, a, a pretty good run, right? They've been kind of off and on, right? So. This is as much a play, I think, on on the home court uh, for A and M uh, as anything else here, Alex. I would only look at the Gamecocks in this one, especially with mm-hmm. that number moving oh, to five and a half. Yeah. I think that's a little aggressive. And you're right, yeah. um, Vinny. It's a tough place to play. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of betting on that, but you always say defense travels, and South Carolina yeah. definitely has the better defense. They've also done very well on the road, nine and two against the number. So, yeah, I like South Carolina, mm-hmm. especially with the us getting a little bit better value here, higher number. Minnesota, who finally didn't cover a game over the weekend, didn't cover against Nebraska, goes to Champaign tonight. 
Illinois, 12-point favorites, 154-and-a-half on this one. Tonight. Yeah, they laid the 11 uh, on on Illinois, but you're right. I mean, Minnesota, uh, as good a cover team as there is in uh, in D1. And, uh, uh, again, you know, Illinois, athletic, love to get up and down and, um, and you know, just fly around the court. But I don't know. It's a, this seems this seems like a big number for a team that's covered as much as, as they have. But the the betters, uh, the betters have spoken. I I respond to uh, to the betters, uh, and uh, and they back the uh, the Illini here. So, do you think that might have been a little bit of a look ahead against Nebraska, knowing that they are going to play the second best team in the conference here? So, it could very well be. Uh, although Nebraska, I, I have to tell you, Nebraska is pretty feisty. Uh, they're a, they're great at home, tough out, like right? You know, home. another another home court yeah. uh, that's that bodes that bodes real well. So, um, yeah, Alex, it it, it might have been. But Illinois kind of done that, right? Right when you think that Illinois has got to be, you know, one of those uh, teams you talk about for the uh, for the national title, then all of a sudden they 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 struggle or they'll they'll lose a game, and you're like, wait a minute, what what did they, you know, what had that happen? So tough to figure. And to your point, last five games with Illinois, giving up an average of 82 points a game. A so I I don't mind that move with um, the total there mm -hmm. over. I I do like that play. They did a great cover on Saturday. That's all I know. Uh, Creighton, Creighton, <laughs> I can't see all we already mentioned. Uh, Creighton before. Uh, first meeting between these two teams in yeah. Newark was that wackadoo triple overtime game that Creighton found a way to win. Uh, of course, they lost the return trip to the Tri-State to St. John's over the weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, Seton Hall, I think Seton Hall is in better position than the bracketologists make it out to be. I think they're... They're going to be in the tournament, barring a, a melt these last three regular season games. It's a big line tonight. Nine in Middle America, Creighton Lane, it would have won 44 and a half. And it's gone up. Yeah. There were eights, eight and a halves. Uh, they, they laid eight and a half uh, here at South Point now, sitting at nine. To your point, Jeff, I think Seton Hall's in better shape in the Big East uh, and for the postseason than St. John's. Oh, definitely. I mean, yes. you know, if you, if, you know, the standings aside, I'm just, I'm just looking at the, you know, the quality of, uh, of play and quality of results right now. So, uh, but yeah, this uh, this this is another number that uh, Seton Hall's. They're a tough out. There's no doubt about it. I mean, now does Creighton respond today? You know, but which Creighton are we going to see? Is right. it going to be the Creighton against Connecticut, or is it going to be the Creighton that uh, that lost to St. John's? Not to take anything away from the Johnnies, but uh, again, you've got to you've got to be consistent. You you can't have such a huge letdown, especially after a signature win that you absolutely need. Uh, as, as you move forward. Yeah, I would definitely look to Creighton in this one. I do mm -hmm. think they bounce back from that loss to St. John's, but nine's a little bit of a big number. Maybe mm -hmm. um, look to the first half here. Well, there you go. And well. covering in yeah. that first half. Let's get the last few ones on the board tonight mm -hmm. before we get out of here. Alabama is <laughs> is a smaller favorite than they were at the opener now. They've taken Ole Miss here. Yep. Six to five. Bama laying it in Oxford. Total shocker in the 160s for Alabama here. That's right. After uh, playing a game that went well over 200 against Kentucky. It's like, it was like a, 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 a 1990s, uh, early 2000s NBA game. I, I will, I will say, I will say, I, I thought Kentucky had as good of an offensive performance as anyone has had all year in college basketball. Mm -hmm. Add that in with a team that doesn't play a lot of defense against them to begin with, Alabama, and add in the pace. Yeah, you can get that type of no, result no doubt on Saturday. That, that was never that that total was like it, never in doubt. That was a ticket that you just 
You know what? I'll, I'll, you, you leave the window. So I'll see you in a couple hours. <laughs> Be right back. Didn't matter. It was one seventy-five. Didn't you know, matter. We, right. we get a few of those. It's yeah. like you know, and, and yeah. sometimes I'll even say to somebody, you know what? Hey, the total was. You know, 176, and you bet over 170. I still see you. I'll see you. I know you're coming back. You'll be back cash when I take it because it just, you just see it, especially it was, with those it, two. It was, uh, look, for Bama, Alex and I have talked about Alabama actually as much as basically anyone in the country this year, where my whole thing with them is if they're not making their threes, forget it. They, they, they're capable of losing to anyone. Correct. If they're making, and they're capable of beating. If anyone. they're making their threes. <laughs> yeah. And again, this is why I don't think, like, if you were looking to bet futures, I would highly advise against an Alabama ticket right now because, all right, you can do it for two straight games, get to the second weekend. You may even be able to pull it off and do it the second weekend as well. But to ask to do it six, six straight, straight games, it's a lot to ask of a team that plays like that. The best teams can adjust to pace. They can adjust to circumstances, opponent, uh, venues, all of the above. Uh, and, and which teams can do that easier usually it's teams that can that can play some defense and rebound and make free throws um that's why you know the the tournament is you know it's it's a it's a route it's definitely not a sprint so uh that what travels alex the things i mentioned and you you brought it up earlier about the defense to your yeah. point bama one offense efficiency on kempom 99th on defense <laughs> so it's a little bit of yeah. Again, they're they're amazing on offense. Yeah, uh, but the the one thing that worries me with them on their offense is that they really can. Yeah, they have high two point percentage, but a lot of their two point stuff comes when they're making threes. If they're not oh, making sure. threes, then yeah. they're big trouble. And the big difference, and we mentioned this last year. Remember, Alabama was the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament a year ago. Mm-hmm. And part of the the main reason that happened is they were number three in defense. Right. They were yeah. great on defense were, a year ago. Correct. They're actually much better on offense this year based off the numbers. But their defense is, and their defense is 96 worse. Yes. So a big difference on that. All right, before we go, uh Pac 12 interstate matchups real yes. quick. Uh Arizona, 12 point favorites in Tempe tonight against ASU. Oregon, 14 at home against Oregon State. And what will be the final time for those two teams? unless if they meet in the Pac-12 tournament for a while. Not a lot of movement on uh, the Arizona-Arizona State game. Holding steady is uh, uh, with the Cats as 12-point favorites. Uh, total on that one, 159. More movement on Oregon at home. Uh, this game's up to uh, uh, 14. Uh, oh, we mm-hmm. opened at 11 and a half. So um, uh, a little bit of under money come, has come in, 138 down to 136 and a half. So, but these two games, there's been action, but... If you look at the timing, and these are going to get really picked up, there's going to be a lot of handle on these games because they're the last two games, respectively, at 7 and then at 8 o'clock for Oregon State, Oregon. So uh, there'll be uh, there'll be quite a bit of action when, when you look at that. And then, oh, by the way, uh, there'll be a lot of uh, three-team parlays because it'll be those two games going to the, the Lakers-Clippers once we find out who's exactly is playing in that, uh, in that game. I don't like laying double digits, but I was looking at Oregon when they were minus 11. Mm-hmm. Got a little um, worried because look-ahead spot, they have Arizona up next. Mm-hmm. For that other game, I would only lay the points there with Arizona. And one team got swept by Washington State. One team just beat Washington State. But yep. for that reason, I like the Wildcats in this Cats. one. It's a big turnaround. Mm-hmm. They won the first game 105-60, to 60, so um, I think they can cover that 12 points here even on the road. Yeah, I don't know if Arizona State's capable of playing two straight good games. Uh, that's all that comes down to there. But do I really want to lay double digits with Arizona on the road? 
I, Especially when it's the in-state rivalry. And I know. They, that'll actually be one of the games it's, where the Arizona State fans actually show up. They've got to build trust uh, with uh, with the betters that are uh, yeah. that are back. I, I think sure. so. I think we're all in agreement on that. All right. That's all the time we have. Vinny, great work. Alex, great work. Caden and Drew Dog in the corner there. Great work as always. Jerry, I thought I saw Jerry come in earlier. There he is. There he there is. is. There's, he's hiding behind Ryan still yelling at me for the Otani mess, which we'll discuss tomorrow on Punchlines <laughs> at noon. Uh, on that. Tune in. It's good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's as good of a way to end the show there. On that note. We'll see you tomorrow here on this show at 3 o'clock. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio.